Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market. Hey, North Texas food fans, welcome to Eat Drink DFW from the Dallas Morning News. Each week, we dish on the local restaurant scene, food and drink trends, cooking and shopping tips, and unpack everything that makes North Texas one of the most vibrant, diverse, and ambitious food scenes in the country. I'm your host, food editor Aaron Bookie, and today is a special spooky food edition of Eat Drink DFW. We're here at Las Almas Rotas, which is supposedly haunted. The owners of the Expo Park Bar have graciously allowed us to camp out in their spirits room to talk about all things Halloween, from spooky party foods to favorite childhood candies and other haunted DFW bars and restaurants. Can we make it through the whole episode or will we get too freaked out? Stay tuned. Central Market is really into food, like fish flown in so fresh it still has jet lag into food. Our sourdough starter has been around since grunge was a thing into food. We're talking more prime cuts than a greatest hits album into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then we're the HQ for you. Whether you're a make every recipe in the cookbook foodie or a my favorite recipe is reheat type who just digs the delectable, no place makes every day more delicious like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is an episode to remember, so go to dallasnews.com slash food after this for detailed show notes. And if you want us to answer any questions or share your own scary food memories, email us at eatdrink at dallasnews.com. Later on, we'll be talking about which bars and restaurants in Dallas are really haunted. But right now, I'm joined by food writers Sarah Blaskovich and Claire Baller, contributing writer Nick Rallo, and our producer Julie Fisk to talk about our favorite childhood Halloween candies and other Halloween treats. So I feel like the most important Halloween topic is candy. So you guys, what are your favorite Halloween candies and which ones made you mad when you found them in your buckets? This is such (laughs) a fun topic. First of all, I did not really go trick-or-treating that much, but I I had a feeling you did not. Yeah. Do I just give off that? (laughs) My family just really wasn't into it. So my mom's birthday is Halloween. So it was always like a great opportunity to go to a restaurant to do other things when everyone else was out trick-or-treating. But when we did go trick-or-treating, it was a great night if I got Reese's Cups. That was number one mm-hmm. for me. Second was Almond Joy. Ooh. I know, controversial. Healthy kid. Twix was number three. Kit Kat, number four. And then Snickers. Kit mm-hmm. Kat was like, you know, you get a, more than one of yeah. the double Kit Kat ones. Oh, then yeah. it's, it's a big day. Yeah. Yeah. Did everybody do pillow sacks? Of course. I definitely did. Right. Yeah. Just make yeah. sure that you was. can put more candy in it yeah. than, exactly. than a silly little plastic people lantern. Feel, people feel bad for you when they see your, your like <laughs> mostly empty pillowcase. Yeah. So this is a hack for my own kids. You take a small bucket, but you also bring the pillow sack, and you empty the bucket into the pillow sack. So when you go up to the door, the people think you don't have any candy, <laughs> and they load you up, and then you see, and it works. This is like polite stealing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's what Halloween is in general, yes. right? Yeah, I feel like a strange thing to come to someone's door and just ask for candy <laughs> with a gentle threat. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. When my dad grew up, like the trick or treat thing, he was taught that he actually had to do something in order to get candy. Oh when my he was God. a little kid, oh like for real. I mean, our kids don't do this anymore, of course, and I didn't have to do it. But oh, like he, he had to do a trick. It's a trick for a treat. Oh. And um, I can't remember the trick. Well, I know. <laughs> if, if only I could remember what these <laughs> tricks were. But it was, you know, something silly. I would think, like a little dance or a little song or something. <laughs> Can you imagine Gosh. being a, a sober adult <laughs> opening the door to that? Like I'd need to be, I'd need to be three drinks in to watch a four-year-old sing me half of a song. You know, some yeah. little kids doing. 
doing an Irish jig saying trick for a treat. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, for me, when I was a kid, it was, I love candy and we did not eat very much candy in my house. Yeah. So the, the exciting Halloween candy part was when the rich folks would give you a full size oh, yeah. candy bar. Oh, for sure. oh yes. You, you knew who they Plano. were. <laughs> yeah. I, it wasn't the whole neighborhood of Plano, okay. but you knew the ones, I mean, me and my friends would talk about it in advance. Yeah. You know, it'd be like the so-and-sos at the end of that street. Last year, they gave out whole Snickers and you'd be like, oh shit, we're going there first. Do you, <laughs> do you remember the neighborhood that was known for its full candy bars? Uh, Nick and I grew up down the street from one another. Yeah. I think I do, Nick, but tell us. I believe it was called the Deerfield. Yeah, it was Deerfield for oh. sure. They also <laughs> have the best Christmas yeah. decorations. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, the whole thing is weird when you think about it. Yes, it is. But to go back to your thing, I would get mad if I got Necco wafers. Oh, Which people would always leave those around. And little strawberry candies. The ones that are... They're like Tums. And some of those candy companies are are like pre-war. So they're like, look at the ingredients. You're like, oh, why is there laudanum in here? (laughs) That's not right. I mean, look at the... We have fun dip here. That's just sugar So Julie, Julie brought some old school candies... And we have Thanks, Julie. Fun Nerf. Dip. Oh, that sounds. Fun Dip <laughs> gobstoppers were thrilling when I was a child. Yeah, because there was oh, an yeah. age when you couldn't have a gobstopper because exactly. that's gobstopper because that's a choke. Yep. That's yeah. So true. Oh, Razzles. I feel like I had to sell these for band in high school or oh, something. No. Oh, no. Sugar daddies, horrible. Oh yeah, I don't know what it is. Oh, my God, the sugar uh, Milk daddies. caramel pop. It feels like something that would crack all of your teeth. Yeah, uh, I have yeah. a Pavlovian response to some of these as someone who grew up with braces that I <laughs> yes. just look at them and kind of wince like yeah. they're going to cause me to go to the dentist. And I'll also like my braces. a child eating something called a sugar daddy. Yeah, it's problematic. At age eight, it's is inappropriate. It's inappropriate and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, candy cigarettes oh, and yes. ice cream trucks. <laughs> yeah, and or I was the, just like, why are they doing this to us? I was just at CVS earlier today, and I saw a Kit Kat that was blueberry muffin flavored. No, nope. gosh, last year I tried Thanksgiving flavored candy corn. Oh no! Oh, no. What? Why what? did you do that? Um, there was a turkey. Oh my god! Flavored, mm-hmm. and it okay. tasted like turkey. Oh kind god! Of, but bad and <laughs> sweet, like the gummy. Way you eased gummy into turkey. that was so disturbing. Okay, Sarah, <laughs> we gotta know what are what are your favorites? I feel like what you are your like candy corn? Yeah. Do you Uh-oh. like candy corn? I do not like candy okay, corn. Just no, sure. I um, and I resent that. I do not like candy okay. corn because I think it's a nothing food. It is it's, simply sugar. It is just, the cotton yeah. candy yes. of mm. Halloween candy. But my um, stepmom loves candy corn. And I have, in fact, shopped the Central Market aisle because they have flaves, just like yeah. you had Thanksgiving, which mm-hmm. was, a, that's Mm-mm. about 14 steps too far. But they have like, I don't know, blueberry candy corn and caramel candy corn. And she loves them. As a kid who grew up with E.T., uh, Reese's Pieces were mm. the, that was the ultimate. On the topic of E.T., it is still to this day a nightmare of mine. Um, I hate the movie E.T. Oh, no. And um, E.T. sort of single-handedly ruined antique shops for me. (laughs) My mom loves to antique shop and garage sale, and we do it, and we've done it my whole life together. But it is a situation where if there is an E.T. lunchbox or lamp, um, I, I, like, can't finish down the aisle. I'm like, I'm just going to catch you on the next one. Too young? Did you, like, see it? Too young. I thought E.T. was at the end of my bed for most of my childhood. Mm -mm. It's a real deep, dark problem. Um, (laughs) So while I love Reese's Pieces, I don't even remember that part in E.T. I don't want to know. I mean, just so you know, E.T. is very friendly. No. His Mm -mm. heart glows. What is wrong with that finger? (laughs) I mean, E.T. did ruin wigs for me. I will say that. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, the, that's a, yeah, the Halloween costume <laughs> yes. where they dress it up and it kind of waddles. Yes, oh. yes. Yeah. There was somebody on Twitter, a comedian, but I think she was tweeting in an honest moment that she did something terrifying, which is just swallow candy corn whole. <laughs> oh, God, like, like it's a pill? pill? Yeah, which is one of the, it's stuck in my mind ever since I read it. And I want to know, I'm saying this now. Because if anyone else does that, I need we need to know if people are just swallowing candy that corn whole. Can't be seems dangerous. Yeah, it's tell horrifying. us at eatdrinkatdallasnews.com. Yeah. <laughs> we have to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Stick around. Up next, we'll be joined by Las Almas Rotas owner Shad Cavetko to talk about the haunted happenings in this bar. Central Market is really into food. Like when we say cheese, it's in 12 languages into food. Butchers, bakers, and sushi roll makers into food. We're talking so obsessive about quality you can shop blindfolded into food. Central Market is really into food. If you are too, then let us turn your shopping list into a treasure map. Get inspired, get adventurous, or just get a chef-made dinner when you've got more taste buds than time. No place makes every meal more amazing like Central Market. Really into food. Shop now at centralmarket.com. Welcome back, everyone. We are here at Las Almas Rotas, and we have not been freaked out yet, but we're waiting for the bathroom door to move open on its own or for the weird monkey in the corner to start moving. So DFW supposedly has a lot of haunted bars and restaurants that we've heard stories about over the years. Food writer Nick Rallo has written about them before, so he's joining us to share his thoughts on that. But we also have Las Almas Rotas owner Shad Kvetko here with us today. Thank you so much, Shad, for granting our strange request to come record in your spirit's Room. Absolutely. It's that um, time of year. Exactly, yeah. So tell us about this place. Is it really haunted? Well, that's up for debate. Several people have had experiences here, including myself, but there's a lot of people that haven't. So, you know, it's an old building. Some strange things have happened in the past. So I have an open mind, and I think that sometimes you have to be open to those things to believe them. What was the business prior again? Well, this building was built in 1909. Um, there used to be a really famous punk rock bar called Bar of Soap that was in this space. Oh, right. And the room that we're in here, which we use as our spirits room, no pun intended, used to have the washing machines back here where you could do your laundry and then drink up front. Okay, so you don't know any historical stories about anyone who's died here or had some sort of Nothing incident. that I'm aware of, no. There used to be a ballroom on top of us. The entire second level used to oh, be that's a creepy. huge open ballroom. <laughs> yeah, and I heard Jack Ruby had something to do with it. I don't know if that's <laughs> true or not, but it seems like he's had something to do with everything that serves I liquor and has music in this, in this city. So uh, it may be true, it may be not. Right. Is it true that the lights have mysteriously gone on and off? That's what my staff has reported to me. So um, they say that most of the things happen uh, when they're closing at night in the early morning hours. What have you experienced? My experience was not too long after we opened. Um, We used to have a chef that worked for us when we first opened. And I was actually sitting pretty much where Nick is right now back here uh, doing some work. On the computer. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, doing some work on my phone, and that red curtain there was actually all the way closed at that point. So I saw out of the corner of my eye the curtain actually move and open, and a figure walk into the room. And the figure was very short. Um, which our chef at the time was about five foot tall. My wife was also here, and she's about five foot tall as well, so I figured it was one of them. Uh And I sat there and was working on my phone, I thought they had come in and were going to scare me or something. And finally I looked around to see what was going on, and there was nobody there. 
But no. Oh, no. I love that. No, no. That's so awesome. <laughs> and I wasn't drunk. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> that time. That's not the first time someone has seen somebody meander through this area, right? I mean, there was an employee, if I remember correctly, they saw them come in or heard someone come into the bathroom area and the employee went to chase whoever was doing this because nobody was supposed to be here. And they went in and heard shuffling in the bathroom, heard sinks being used and then there was nobody in the bathroom at all when they kind of opened the door yeah that's one of the things I remember being reported to me when you had that experience were you like oh this is fine or were you like we maybe (laughs) need to leave no I was pretty fine with it I have a long history of collecting strange and unusual things so that sort of thing doesn't bother me did you bring them with you did you bring these spooky things with you Uh, like have you haunted it (laughs) That may be. I mean, some people think that, you know, energies will attach themselves to different objects. Uh I used to have one of the largest antique funeral collections in private hands. Oh, Uh, my God. That was several (laughs) decades ago. In fact, that neon cross that you see right behind you came from a funeral Oh, it's weird. It's upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The monkey is something that uh, the staff was trying to say moves. (laughs) Yeah, so that's... uh, that's a piece I bought in Mexico City probably about 20, 22 years ago now at the Mercado Sonora. Half of it's like a regular Mercado. The other half is Santeria and Brujeria or witchcraft. Um, and I bought that monkey there, and he's been with me ever since. So it's a real monkey. He's been mummified. He's been stuffed with herbs. and um, Oh, tasty. Yeah. 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 Sage <laughs> time. And he just watches over the bar. Yeah, he watches over this back room here. Um, some of the staff were trying to tell me that he... Moves. I don't quite believe that story, but um, what, again, they, what does he do? Like Saturday Night Fever? Moves? They would say that he moves back and back and forth. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he like got up and danced a jig or anything. But they would say that he would subtly turn in his case. How did you get the haunted monkey home? <laughs> Oh, I took it on the airplane. Right, right. Okay, so <laughs> 20 years ago. This was before all the rules. Like, yeah, was this like visible to other passengers? Or? No, no, he was packed away in their okay. luggage. You could smoke okay. on a plane and bring a haunted monkey. Those are <laughs> yeah. the rules back then. It's fun. Yeah, Good times. I, yeah. I used to have a store back in Phoenix, Arizona, where I grew up, and I oh, used right. to deal in Mexican folk arts and antiques, and he used to sit on the counter of the store. So he's been part of my life for quite a while. San Judas here, the uh, religious statue that you see right behind Nick, staring down at him judgingly. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's been with me for several decades as well. I've never seen anything haunted with him, but people will still leave him offerings of money a lot of the time or milagros. And so what has sort of attracted you to collecting these kinds of objects? Well, I grew up in the antiques business, and at the time, it was just something nobody else was really doing that I was aware of. So uh, I started collecting that and then also sideshow memorabilia. You know, I've had a lot of unique and interesting things, including a real shrunken head from the Hibero or Shuar tribe in Ecuador and Peru. I'm not easily freaked out. What has freaked you out before? Our house back in Phoenix used to have quite a lot of activity in it. There's some stories from back there that were kind of chilling. Have you ever done any paranormal investigation in this bar? Uh, well, not that I'm aware of, no. No one's recorded for an EVP. If We might hear one on this. Nobody's Mike the monkey. Yeah, nobody's Mike <laughs> the monkey. We should sit him down here in front of a mic. Yeah, see what happens. The interesting thing about this room is that some people have claimed that it's dark or something like that. And Mm. really what it's about is duality of everything. And also the fact that something may not be as it seems. I remember from when we talked during my story 
you know, the offerings that people leave out, mm -hmm. that there's the kind of legend here that you leave a shot out, you know, the glass will turn over or you'll see some get drunk from the glass, of course, that can be summed up by an employee taking a shot yeah. from the offering bar. Well, that particular one is actually hard to reach, but there is this thing called evaporation as well that may, <laughs> <laughs> that may take care of that, though some of the employees claim it's within one day, which is uh, would be a different case there. But yeah, we have one uh, devotional figure up here in the back bar that's, um, it's a folk saint in Mexico known as San Simon. And he's kind of known as the saint of bad habits because he's shown smoking and drinking sometimes. He'll have a bottle of liquor. So. Did anyone warn you about any of these objects in these rooms? No, nobody's really warned me about them. Like um, don't bring these to a bar in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> like in the Gremlins? Yeah, yeah right. Don't feed it after midnight or get it wet or whatever. Um, no, no, nobody's really, you know, I think if you treat things with respect and give it uh, a pour of mezcal every once in a while, then you should be pretty good. <laughs> that works with alive humans also, <laughs> yeah, I think, that's, usually. That's right. yeah, very true. <laughs> so what does this room um, typically use for? Can you, can you kind of explain how you guys use this for your restaurant? We call it our spirits room. Um, sometimes it's just used for overflow seating on busy nights. Uh, other times, myself or one of the bartenders will basically curate the back bar back here and concentrate on uh, neat pours of spirits. There's no cocktails really shaken back here. Um, for this holiday season, um, it's going to be a special event rental room uh, called Ornamento. We've decorate the entire bar, do a special holiday cocktail program. Fun. Yeah, for people that want to do, you know, their corporate holiday party here and stuff. I know right now it doesn't really look very <laughs> Christmassy, but uh, no, believe me, it's, it's a really special room. <laughs> it's very spiritual. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, we it have some Hootas, so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shad, Absolutely. for having us here and um, telling us your interesting stories. That was really fascinating. Yeah, no Appreciate problem. It. Thank you for having me. Okay, guys. So there are supposedly a lot of other DFW restaurants and bars that are haunted. And Nick, you're kind of the expert on this. So what, what are some of your favorites? The first one that comes to mind is Snuffers. If you ask any, at least when I've gone, if you ask anyone at the bar, at the restaurant, if they've ever had an experience, everyone will tell you that there's a lady that likes to throw glasses, <laughs> knock them off their shelves. And the last time I was there, I asked uh, my waiter if she'd seen anything. And she just casually and calmly said, oh, yeah, it was just the other day. Uh, I saw glasses fly off the bar. And she said it so casually, I was <laughs> laughing to myself that that would just be a thing you see and then go back to work. But the thing is that people would see her in the bathroom. A lot of ghosts here like bathrooms, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, that same thing happened at the Inwood Lounge before they had a huge fire. If you've been there, that's, it's kind of very like uh, the shining feeling mm -hmm. over there. The last time I was there as well, the manager had been there for a couple decades, um, told me that he heard the bathroom door swing open. And when he, he ran back there, because it was after closing, he ran back there and saw nobody and then heard footsteps above him, like clopping old timey shoes when there was nobody there. So that, that one's a fun one to picture when you're there because that bar is one of those that you're like, this Inwood Lounge is absolutely haunted. If we have time for one more, my favorite yes. one is the Hotel Belmont. It's coupled with a bar there. A um, friend of mine was on a bus with some students and the bus was driving by and they looked up and saw an old woman in the window of one of the rooms and the old woman was slowly waving her hand at him. 
he turned his head and looked back and didn't see her. He, he like couldn't sleep that night and like had horrible nightmares. I went one time after and the, the manager told me a story about uh, when they were doing renovations on that hotel. They brought in a new contractor, a new painter, and the painter walked down the spiral staircase. And as he was walking down, he saw an old man going up the stairs. And when he turned back, that man was gone. And he, the manager told me that painter left the building and never returned to the job. <laughs> was just like, that was, that's it. I'm done. Can't do that. That wasn't yeah. in the contract. No, no, no that wasn't. So I veered off, but those are all fun. All I know is that if I was a ghost, a restaurant would not be yeah, why? my pick to be stuck. Wait, why? Yes, it sounds exhausting. So much action. Yeah, well, I guess it depends on where you are. And especially bathrooms. Most of these places, there's activity in the bathroom. What kind of horrible hell is that that you die and you have to spend eternity in a restaurant bathroom? Well, you know, the, some <laughs> like cultures the say that Potter. you become a ghost in a moment of tumult, like a, a very <laughs> a difficult moment in your life, and you kind of stay there. So Stay with us. Coming up in our next segment, we talk to La Casita Bake Shop owner Marixa Trejo about why she loves Halloween so much. That's right after this. Hey, listeners. This is Christopher Wynn. I'm the arts and entertainment editor for the Dallas Morning News. And that thankfully, includes the food team that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is that food stories are people stories. Restaurants say a lot about who we are, our culture, and the health and well-being of our communities. If you want to help continue supporting this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com listen. Most folks in the food business love Halloween, but Marixa Trejo, owner of La Casita Bake Shop in Richardson, is an avid fan. She bakes spooky treats in October and often year-round, like hand pie shaped like hands with strawberry jam oozing out. She also recently appeared on the Food Network's Halloween Baking Championship. Food reporter Claire Bauer recently sat down with Marixa to talk about her favorite holiday. So when did you start your love for all things Halloween? First of all, I am born in October, so that already makes you a spooky kid. (laughs) And then on top of that, you know, my family comes from Mexico, and growing up, I heard a ton of spooky stories. I mean, I could tell you a million stories right now, but we don't have the time. So (laughs) growing up, something about storytelling, specifically my mom's side of the family, I just gravitated towards it. And then having my own kind of weird, spooky, paranormal activity, like experiences, like having a life-size doll when I was little, and then thinking that she moved around and things Mm -mm. like that. Yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, it creates a little spooky kid. So that's where I was born spooky. So when did your love of baking and your love of Halloween merge? It wasn't until I had like my own brick and mortar that I was able to really play around with all of the different pastries I could do. And then I, we give out candy every year in my bakery just, you know, for fun. But I decided, me and my husband Alex decided to start making like spooky pastries that would go along with the fun that is, you know, Halloween. So I think we started that two years ago and then it just kind of rolled into what it is today, which is like we have a 12 foot skeleton right outside of our shop (laughs) every weekend. All of our employees dress up for that day and it's just, you know, it's a lot of fun. What are some of the pastries that you make for Halloween each year? I think, I mean, you have quite the lineup now of like Halloween themed baked goods. 
Yeah, so the first Halloween, the the like I feel the one that's been the most consistent is our cherry hand pie. Um, it's actually a cutout of my hand that I had like done for oh, specifically cool. for our bakery because somehow my hands are perfectly sized for <laughs> hand pies. Um, so we do a severed hand pie. We've always done severed fingers because my uh, my husband Alex, his mom used to make them every year, and it's just like nostalgic for him to you know severed like fingers yes, nostalgia, like little uh, you know for kids to make, and they're just fun so uh those two are the most consistent and then our murder cruffin which came out of my love for all things horror and uh it's covered in white chocolate and then just i mean i let anybody who's feeling any kind of anger that day just go to town with the red food coloring (laughs) and then stabbing them with just like shards of uh, sugar candy um so it's just it's just a lot of fun some people don't love it you know but there's a lot of people that come in that are just like i want that they don't even know what it's what's in it and they're like i want the murder cruffin what's inside of the cruffin so it's a raspberry filling so when you open it up it's like you know like gushes out and it's like white chocolate you know there's that perfect scene of like any horror movie where something white just splatters with blood yeah Yeah, yeah, so that's why we went with white chocolate (laughs) i love it so you recently got to compete on the food network show halloween baking championship which is so cool what was that like Oh man, I, someone asked me this the other day and I was like, it was super weird. It yeah. was just like, exa- I mean, it, it just is because, you know, I come from like, you know, a career where like, we love being in the back for a reason. We don't want to be seen. <laughs> yeah. We're like, you know, little cretins making things for people. <laughs> um, so being on something that it's like, so, you know, spotlights on you, you got mic'd up and it just doesn't, you know, doesn't feel like real life. I mean, it was an experience. I have really bad anxiety. My whole side of my mom's family has it. And, uh, you know, it manifested that fourth episode where I went home. Um, but, you know, I think up until then I was nervous. But every time I, you know, I stopped to think about it, I was like, this is a huge opportunity for me to showcase my bakery. Mm-hmm. And I need to, like, you know, kind of push through all my little demons, which is funny because we're in Halloween, <laughs> uh, to get past every timed bake because that's not natural to time yourself, yeah. you know. So yeah. it it was interesting and it was fun. And I got to meet a lot of amazing people that I call friends now. But I don't know if I would ever do a show like that again. I mean, it's got to be tough. I mean, well, on one hand, your bakery is by no means um, a low pressure situation, right? Like you guys right. turn out an unbelievable amount of stuff. But on the other hand, competing in a competitive setting that is timed, it's got to be so different. Was it harder than you were expecting? How, how did it shape out to your expectations? You know, you can never plan for something that you have no idea what you're going to do. They just tell you what you're going to do that day and then they start. But I I think because pastries are so, you know, they're so finicky, They, they there's a specific science and recipe that you can kind of twist, but it's hard to do that with time. I think the most challenging part of it was not even like coming up with flavors or coming up with designs. It was the kitchen itself. It was, you know, like coming into, it's like a stranger's house and I'm like, where are all the knives? And like the first episode was probably the hardest for me because I was getting used to the kitchen and then by the fourth one it was my anxiety that took me out but I was like okay sheet trays are here and this and that so they make it difficult obviously because they want all us to have kind of a disadvantage Mm, going into it but it's an experience and I went through it because my whole my you know I wasn't supposed to tell anyone about it and it was so hard to keep that secret so I told my whole team I'm like hey I'm leaving for a week to two to three to four weeks (laughs) so um you know like even thinking about that I think um the hardest part was leaving my bakery and then, you know, coming into a new kitchen. What was your favorite thing that you baked? 
the fourth episode, I think it was like the rotting, the decaying cake I made. There was like a, a second where I was like, man, I can't believe I did this because I come from, you know, I decorate pastries and things like that, but I'm more traditionally taught and I'm self-taught, which is kind of weird, but I taught myself all the, you know, traditional stuff, but I'm not a cake decorator. And so all the little like gum paste and all that stuff that doesn't taste great on like pastries, I don't do. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, I'm like racking my brain. I'm watching everybody else. Cause you know, it's kind of, you know, what you you need to do is like watch other people. And I watched people work with modeling chocolate and things like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I ended up winning that challenge. It was the one moment where I was like, I might stay here the long run. And then the next, <laughs> the next, uh, challenge I lost. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy. Did you come away from that experience with any new Halloween baking ideas? I did. So the very first episode we get to do like a face pie and I've always wanted to do something like that but every time I bring it up to my 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 bakery they're like it's too scary we have kids coming in here but it's actually the kids that love it the most because they're like the thing is looking at me <laughs> um but I mean I think that for what it is it helped me kind of like get out of that like cookie cutter like oh we're gonna make all these you know cutesy little desserts now I can like do like you know the murder cruffin was the scariest thing we'd done so the like eyeball in a pie is you know we we've always wanted to do like an adult Halloween themed kind of like dessert day but I think we might be heading into that so maybe next year we'll see a full face pie oh yeah Halloween <laughs> okay how long do people have to load up on your Halloween pastries before you're done making them for the year when do you when's your cutoff this weekend, actually, which is the last weekend of October, is the very last weekend of Halloween for us. Uh, and then we roll right into doing all things Thanksgiving. And we actually do a Thanksgiving, full Thanksgiving meal. So you can come pick that up the day before Thanksgiving. And it's actually through our separate catering company called Doro. You literally don't have to do anything. It comes with rolls. It comes with a whole pie, a whole turkey. And I don't want to toot my husband's horn, but my mom has said that his turkey is the best turkey she's ever had in her life. Oh, there we go. Now I know what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. <laughs> There's my Thanksgiving plan. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. It was really great to have you on. Like I said, we've been wanting to do this for a while. So thanks for making the time and happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for Eat Drink DFW this week. Thank you all for joining and I hope we've made you hungry for more. We also want to hear from you. So share your food thoughts with us by emailing eatdrink at dallasnews.com. The show is produced by Julie Fisk. To stay up to date on every episode of this show and hear more from our newsroom, just follow the Dallas Morning News wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, please rate the show and give us a good review. Find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. you also find a special membership offer there just for listeners. For the news, I'm Aaron Bookie. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eat, Drink, DFW from the Dallas Morning News is made possible by Central Market.